All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Michigan. Jeff here. Dan, how are you, sir? Just can't see you. There we go. There we go. Now? Yeah. yeah. I want to fix yours, too. Switch yours back. You but, can't uh, see me now? I cannot see you yet. How about now? No. There, there we go. There we go. We're in business. All right. Welcome back. Jeff here. Dan, what's up, dude? Oh, just going with the flow, baby. Just going with the flow. Going with the flow. Yeah. Uh, well, last time we potted, we were talking about how Michigan had a big game against Michigan State. And, uh, you know, we, rep- we record on Tuesday nights like usual. Uh, a big story breaks. I think it was Thursday. It was either Wednesday night or Thursday. We'll, uh, we're going to talk a lot of stuff today, but let's just get into the game. Michigan beats Michigan State 49 nothing. It's an absolute ass beating. Uh, it's what we both expected slash wanted. Get our first shutout of the year. Give me initial thoughts on the game. Love, 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 love it. Absolutely love it. Um, like I said, this is one of the one of the games that I circle on the calendar in red, and <clears throat> I wish it was a hundred nothing. I, I I despise Michigan State, and watching Ohio State fans' misery is just as enjoyable as um, kicking these guys' asses. So, um, I was really really glad that they kept the shutout there at the end. You know, looking like Michigan State was kind of driving the ball there, but Michigan shut that shit down. JJ had a day. The tight ends were unstoppable. Up the seam, over your head, didn't matter. Um, you know, Mikey Sanderson, another pick six. Jane McBurrows, who was one of the tunnel incident victims last year, he got his revenge essentially with his own interception. Yep. So just all around, just fantastic. Um, you know, I thought it was kind of hilarious that, Michigan State was trotting Kate Hauser to and from the sideline from a guy in a high-vis jacket to get the signals because they didn't want to get stolen and they still got their ass kicked. So I'm glad it was 49 nothing because I felt like if it was a game that was how like 2016 was where even though the score indicated it being close, it really wasn't a close game. I think it was like 32-23 or whatever. That, um, that style of game – being somewhat close on the scoreboard probably would have had like, see, look at that, guys. They don't, uh, you know, they don't have the science here or whatever, so the game's closer. Don't blow them out or whatever. So I'm glad it was 49 nothing. Yeah. Um, lots to take away from this game. They started early. It went often. I typically have a rule. I try not to bet on my own team. And... A lot of the t- one of the reason is is because like if if you if the team wins but your bet doesn't win you don't you know it kind of dampers on it or if you bet them and they lose then you lose money and they lose so it's kind of like a double whammy you know obviously you were with me that night I had a, a twenty five dollar parlay on. I needed Blake Corum to score, Roman Wilson to score, Colson Loveland to score, and the defense to score. If you're listening to this, you're like, oh, my gosh, all those hit. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I needed Roman Wilson to get 52 and a half yards, and he only finished with 50. was pulled midway through the court, third quarter. Uh-huh. And I drove home sick to my stomach that I missed out on over $600. So, 
Try not to, I just don't bet on Michigan. It's for that exact reason. But I was trying to, like, when I was doing that parlay, I was trying to think to myself, how could this game play out? I thought it would be an early established dominance, trying to get Blake going. And then I thought they'd throw it around a little bit. And I thought JJ would get two touchdowns. And I picked the two that I thought were most most popular. And then I was like, late in the game, I think we'll get a defensive score. So that's kind of how the parlay was was built. Weirdly, did I know that JJ McCarthy would have arguably his best game ever uh, through four touchdowns. That's a career high. Absolutely shredded this defense in every single way physically possible. And uh, the running game was just, it was good. 34 for 120 and two tutties, you know, can't ask for really more than that. Uh, the star of the show was like the tight ends, AJ Barner and Colson Loveland. And then the defense obviously making their presence known and just absolutely dominating in every, in every, uh, Every phase, they got three sacks, a couple of picks, housed one. Yeah, I thought this was a huge game. Um, continue to plug away, continue to assert themselves. Uh, you know, I brought up on one of the pods a couple weeks ago that I thought this team is really special and really weird because they almost play better on the road than they do at home. This was another example of that. They just kind of like really embrace the hostile environments, if you will. And kudos to Michigan State. They showed up for this game early. They left early, too, but they showed up early. They were ready to go. Um, unfortunately, there were massive Go Blues chants in the end of the second quarter. So, I mean, it's just – that's is what it is. But, yeah, watch this game at your place. We had a good time. Had some pizza, drank some beer, cheered a lot. I mean, it's all you can ask for for a rivalry game, right? Oh, yeah. Um. Paul Bunyan stays in Ann Arbor. We pick it up. We have all the trophies currently. I don't know if you realize that. I mean, literally Michigan owns all their rivalry trophies, which is, um, that's huge. You know, trophy case is full. Uh, Big 10 titles. All these different things are coming our way. Uh, Could those be full of allegations? We'll talk about that later. But as of now, let's talk about how we win. I had, uh, I had find new ways to win. And in parentheses, tight end dominance. Uh, it just seems like the the two ways that Michigan has had success over the last couple of years has either been running the ball or defense. Maybe yep. you could say over the top over the last like early season. You know, they've had some Roman Wilson dominance and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's either through defense or through running the football. This was completely through the middle, completely scorching the defense of Michigan State and these tight ends who we who we were high on all year had an absolute breakout game. I thought that was huge. What did you have for how we win? Yeah, I wrote down tight ends galore. Uh, AJ Barner had his breakout game, probably got utilized more ever in his career than he, you know than his time at Indiana. Uh, you know, maybe uh, Michigan seeing something on, on film, whatever, because MSU just look out, gunned and outmatched up the seam. It uh, looked like the linebacker, that looked more built like a long snapper was guarding either one of these tight ends and he was getting torched the whole game. And Todd Blackledge, the color, I know the color of the broadcast here was making comments about how JJ was putting the ball right behind their helmets, behind their ear. <laughs> and so nip, you know, nip tuck, uh, windows, he was zipping the ball to two and the, and the tight ends were just eating them alive. And, uh, should have been 35, nothing before halftime, but a pre-snap penalty essentially shut that down. So uh, they had to settle for 28-0, but uh, A.J. Barner would have had his second touchdown if that wasn't the case. Um, 
held MSU to under 50 yards rushing, 49th to be exact. And then they held uh, the Spartans to 10 first downs. So they didn't let them do much at all, even with the backups in. And I think it was another game where Michigan's playing over 70 of their players. So, uh, you know, I think I, I can't confirm if I, you know, I didn't hear from the coach uh, Harlan Bennett, whatever his name is, from his from his lips. Um, but it looked like somebody reported online through his press conference that he was pissed that Michigan was running up the score or something like that, or was mad that Alex Orgy ran a touchdown in the game. It's like, dude, you literally are being played the third and fourth string guys right now. You can eat shit. So I'm glad they can, you know, keep complaining about that. So um, that's, uh, that's what I got, man. Love the ass kicking. Yeah. Uh, how we lose. There's never been a harder topic when you win 49 to zero to find out how we lose. Uh, I said zero fourth quarter experience this year in a pending bye week spells trouble. And I give that quotations because I don't think Michigan's in any trouble, but it is something to keep an eye on. You'd hope that at some point you'd play a fourth quarter and maybe, you know, when we're at happy Valley here in a couple of weeks, maybe that's the case. But as of right now, uh, zero fourth quarter snaps for J.J. McCarthy is an absolutely insane stat because the next time he takes a snap will be November. What'd you have for how we lose? Um, well, real quick, Michigan's playing. They're playing better in conference play than they did in the first four games at home. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. <laughs> and so it's since the conference play, it's really hard to find something that you don't like. Um, and one of it, well, I mean, his JJ's worst game was against BG. Um, so really it's really, it's difficult to pick something that uh, you feel negative on. And this one was the penalties. I had to find something and this was it. And really the penalty, they had seven penalties. And I think four of them came in the fourth quarter because you had the, again, third and four stringers in there. So, um, some freshman mistakes. I'm not at all sweating it, but I had to write some down. That's yeah. why I wrote down. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was fishing. Uh, how we improve? JJ. Um, McCar- oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, You're good. I have JJ McCarthy quarterback play, and it's just, it, I don't even think this is a bold statement. Um, my fandom started with Chad, Chad Henney. And I still think the world of Chad Henney, I thought he was great. Unfortunately, he couldn't beat Ohio State. Um, But he set pretty much all the records at Michigan. You know, single season passing, single season yardage, career yardage, career passing. Uh, I think he even has the the quarterback wins record, if I'm not mistaken. Set a ton of records. J.J. McCarthy is playing the best football by the quarterback position I've seen ever in my fandom at Michigan. It's just... It's so far and away better than everybody else has been. And that's how we keep getting better, not only today, but in the future, because other people will see that the Michigan is using the quarterback and they'll cart, they'll come here. You know, this won't be the last five-star quarterback that comes in here and, and slings it. And, you know, JJ may just be a footnote in a couple of years. I think JJ is fantastic. And obviously I wasn't team JJ to begin. I was team Cade and let it play out, but, you know, you said a couple weeks ago, I think there was another play in this game, if I'm not mistaken. There's just times where you see J.J. make a play, and you're like, oh, there, there's zero percent chance Cade makes that play. And this isn't a dig at Cade. There's just a, there's a, he's a different athlete. He's just that much more special. And that's just how I feel like we improve. 
Yeah, I'm I'm on the outside of that. I'm really just <coughs> keep your keep your head focused, your your excuse me, your mind focused, and uh, keep the keep the goals and the tasks at hand. Because of all the off-field issues that are, or you can say on-field issues that are going on at the moment, you know this team could be really. Uh, I mean, I think probably in previous uh, Jim Harbaugh years, this team probably could get distracted and something could spiral out of control. But everyone seems to be uh, uh, on the bandwagon right now, and the culture is at an all-time high. Uh, positivity is an all-time high. So just uh, just keep the, the goals in front of you. You know, beat Ohio State, win win the conference, get in the college football playoff, and win the damn thing. And uh, yeah, that's about where I'm at. Yeah. Um, anything else on Little Brother getting their ass beat? Anything else? Uh, I'll make this comment real quick. Is uh, I thought it was really a, a good sign that Michigan didn't uh, buy into the extracurricular activities in these. You know, it's a chippy game. It's a rivalry game. There's a lot of emotion and. The, the pushing and shoving, Michigan uh, stayed out of it, um, you know, and, you know, number 58 on Michigan State obviously got ejected. And, and Michigan isn't uh, Michigan isn't innocent. When Taylor, the Taylor Lewan days, there was a lot of back and forth, you know. Um, um, Chase Winovich was a suspect and cleaned somebody when he was here, but you know, for the most part, Michigan has been staying out of it, and I thought what number fifty-eight did to uh, Brandon McGregor was pretty, pretty atrocious. And you know, if the team hasn't suspended him, whatever, I think that's something that uh, needs to be talked about. Because if you guys didn't see the play, Brandon McGregor, the defensive lineman, going up against number fifty-eight, or in the in the trenches somewhere, McGregor was laying on his stomach on the ground, and number fifty-eight, you know, not even near the play, and takes his crown of his helmet and and lowers it and uh, uses it as a weapon to the back of uh, McGregor's head. So, um, you know, it's pretty dangerous. And I made a comment on my show that, you know, there's all kinds of different styles of helmets. And, um, you know, the F7 helmet made by Shut, which if you guys don't know what the F7 helmet is, it's what Blake Corum wears, where you have a, a rectangular plate that goes down the center of the crown. And uh, <laughs> that one on the back of the neck kind of exposes that part a little bit more than what a speed flex is. And if you don't know what speed flex is, it's essentially what JJ wears. And so um, if uh, Brandon McGregor was wearing a different style helmet than what he was wearing, his neck was a little bit more exposed. You never know what uh, could have uh, transpired after that. So glad he's okay. I haven't heard anything about him being concussed or banged up or anything like that. But um, yeah, number 50, it's a bum for doing that. Are you shocked that Michigan was as disciplined as they were? No, I really, I no, I, I'm not, no, um, I'm just glad they didn't, uh, they get involved in that. And they haven't even gotten involved with that, you know, last year with the Ohio State game. I remember um, that Ohio State game, that guy uh, pushed the Michigan player with his helmet or maybe his hands or something like that. And Ryan Day's like, get him out of here. So they didn't, they didn't uh, get baited in that either. I think that the worst was Roman Wilson getting in a little tizzy with uh, the Ohio State corner in the 2021 game at home. But that was, to me, that's nothing. Yeah, I think Michigan has been the most disciplined team on the field for the last three years. I yeah. mean, they just—they really have. That's been something that 
they've kind of just turned around. Uh, you know, I'll say something else too that's been on my mind lately. The the 2021 team towards the end of that season, I kind of started telling you, I was like, this team's just different. This team's different. And then midway through 2022, it was this team's the same. 2023, I'm ready to coin this one. This team's different. This team has a championship feel. This team feels like it is far and away better than those other teams. And that's no disrespect to those other teams because they accomplished a shit ton too. But it's just like, I understand the level of competition. Trust me, that's not lost on me. But do you know who number 10 North Carolina played this weekend? Virginia. They lost. Number six Oklahoma played UCF. They won by two points. Texas played Houston. They won by seven. There's a lot of very good, very good college top 10, top 15, top 25 schools that are losing games. I mean, down at halftime, 7-3, Washington's losing to one and five Arizona State. So, you know, I, people, people can hate on the schedule all they want. Again, it's adjusted each week, but according to collegefootballreference.com, it was like two weeks ago. Georgia's strength of schedule was 115th, and Michigan was 27th. It is a light years in difference, whatever. So if you want to hate on Michigan's strength of schedule, maybe they should be number one. Maybe Georgia should be number two. So it all doesn't really matter if you're in the top, you know, one through eight anyway, because the college football playoff rings are going to be coming up. And so, the, the you know, the four are going to be solidified uh, to start anyways, but if you want to get down to the strength of schedule, man, you play who's on, you play who's on it. And, you know, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think Michigan could be just competitive in the sec right now with this team than, you know, as they've been the big 10. So is what it is. Um, anything else before we talk about last week's games? No. Uh, <laughs> a couple of games stand out. This one's probably the biggest in our area. Number three, Ohio state beats number seven, Penn state. It's 20 to 10. Uh, the score was 10 to 6 at halftime. Nobody scores in the third quarter. Ohio State scores 10 in the fourth, and Penn State scores 6 in the fourth, and it's literally 20 to 12. <laughs> they scored the exact same amount in the first half as they did in the second half. Um, li- listen, I see this game two ways, and I'll let you kind of elaborate after. As long as I've been watching Ohio State, they've won one way offensively with elite quarterback play or so far elite running back play or both in some cases. This team is super weird because they win with defense. And the only thing they have offensively is a superstar, and I mean absolute superstar wide receiver. That's really all they have. And I'm not digging at Ohio State here. By no means is that a dig. Penn State, I thought, honestly, could upset them. I considered betting it. I decided not to because I just couldn't trust Penn State to get the job done, and now I see why I didn't bet it, you know? I do think that Penn State is – a year away from being very good. A lot of their top talent, sophomores, juniors, you know? So 
I do think that Penn State next year might be filthy getting Ohio State at home. Maybe it's a whiteout. Never know. But this year, Ohio State gets the best of them. And a lot of people are kind of like, I've heard so many people say, ah, I just don't want to think about Ohio State. Maybe it's okay that you win this way. You know? For years, Ohio State fans told us Michigan couldn't win this way, and then they did. Now, mind you, that was with more of a ground attack. That's not really what Ohio State does, but still, defense can kind of win you some games. Opinions on Ohio State, Penn State this game? Yeah, I, like I said last week, we're going to learn a lot about where these teams are at when this is all said and done. And what I learned personally was I didn't think any of these teams were really above and beyond. Penn State <coughs> goes into Columbus against a, a veteran-level defense, and uh, – you know, JT Tumalau is definitely a standout for the Buckeyes. But, you know, Drew Aller looks skittish. He was he was getting pressured quite a bit up the middle. So he had happy feet, had to move around a lot. And when his throws were on time, it seems like his guys were dropping them or not getting open. And uh, Penn State's really suffering from not having a go-to wide receiver or tight end. Um, the The run game. I mean, they had to throw the ball because that's you know they the run game was kind of mediocre. You know they used you know a two back rotation wasn't an X factor at all. So Penn State, I feel more confident going to Happy Valley to play those guys now with Ohio State. Like I said, JT Tumalau stands out, and if Kyle McCord isn't targeting Marvin Harrison or Cade Stover, this offense isn't really that impressive to me either. Mecca um, Buka has been hit or miss from what I've seen the run game very inconsistent or it's not used enough uh there's this like the second or third game this year where they rushed for less than 100 yards and um so down Hayden Mayan Williams trading on Henderson doesn't seem like whoever they got back there um I feel like they're slightly less productive compared to last year or the same so um you know, it seems like if you just double team Martin Harrison or try to to take him out of the game, then you got to worry about Kate. So I just don't. This isn't Ohio State's best team in in recent years, and it shows. But uh, you know, I try to look at this the best, you know, unbiased as possible, and that's just where I'm at with them. Um, Maserati Marv, as Gus Johnson said about a billion times uh, during this game. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Florida State beats Duke, stays undefeated. Duke, unfortunately, Riley Renner is kind of beat up, and they just kind of fell short in this game. They kept it close for a minute, was even leading at half, but not enough to get it done. Any comments on that? No, not really. The spread was, I think, 14 and a half, and so Florida State covers. Uh, Washington trails 7-3 to three at the half, like you just said, to Arizona State. They even are trailing seven to three at the end of the third quarter, and it takes a pick six for them to take the lead. Opinions on Michael Penix, his Heisman, Kansas, and number five Washington struggling at home with a one and six Arizona State. Two Heisman quarterback hopefuls have faded into the mist after Saturday. Michael Penix is one of them. Throws two picks. They lose, or excuse me, they win in ugly fashion. Um, I, I think that uh, Penix Jr. is probably out of the Heisman race right now. Um, yeah, just ugly. And it's at home again. It's again, we just, I, I, like I mentioned this game, like you mentioned the other ones. Can't, 
you know, any given Sunday, right? You got to go out there and you got to you got to win each week. And I mean, they did win, but uh, it was not pretty. <laughs> uh, number six, Oklahoma. They take care of business, but it's only by two over a bad UCF team. Texas over Houston again over a bad Houston team. Both teams are three and four. Uh, Oregon beats Washington, who's four and three. They don't really struggle with them, but it is, you know, two touchdowns. But here we go. Number 10, North Carolina undefeated coming into this game. They lose to a one and four, one and five team. They're not two and five, but they lose to a one and five Virginia, 31 27 at home. Like, what in the hell with Drake May, one of the top projected picks in the draft? Tennessee blows a big lead to uh, to Alabama. Alabama wins by two scores. <sighs> Brings us to Utah and UCL, uh, USC. Was This one's a banger. Back and forth. Lots of scoring. Caleb Williams doesn't throw a touchdown on this. They lose to the Utes. Opinions. Well, um, I, Caleb Williams is the other Heisman hopeful uh, quarterback that's Probably out of the running now. He has not beat Utah in three tries. Uh, so, just kind of looked, uh, just kind of looked uh, disoriented on the sideline after uh, when you know when the game was out of reach. But yeah, my, the, to those two guys, those two quarterbacks, I, I don't think that uh, they're, they're leading the front. And despite what's happening in Ann Arbor right now, JJ McCarthy is now the Heisman favorite at like plus two fifty. So. Oh, yeah. I normally wouldn't even bring this game up, but we were watching it at your house, and I was disgusted. Minnesota upsets Iowa, number 24 Iowa, on the road, 12 to 10. Now, if you score 10, you have no business winning a football game. So I'm not going to, like, die on this hill. But an absolutely disgusting call ends this game where Iowa, the number one Big Ten returner specialist in the in the in the conference by a mile, he's been fantastic this year. He's the one bright spot on Iowa's team. I you know, we're watching this game. Our buddy kind of needs Iowa to win for a parlay at the time. And I'm like, well he is the best returner and dude house is a punt for what we project to be the win with very few seconds left. And because very, and this is very common when you're watching somebody about to feel the punt, a lot of times they direct traffic. They kind of give the hand, if you can see me on the camera, they give the hand motion, get out of the way, get out of the way. They said he called a fair catch. At no point does this hand go above his head. At no point does this even look like a fair catch. Because a fair catch, you would either go like this, you would, it's kind of like the, the safe if you're playing baseball sign. Or it's the wave above your head. Like, I'm clear in this. He never does that. He is very clearly pushing people away, like directing traffic. He catches this ball, makes dudes miss, takes it to the house, and they call it back. Absolutely horrendous call. I'm not a big referee stomper guy, but holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, Iowa got hosed 100%. They got absolutely hosed on that. uh, And it sucks, man, because... That's one of those plays where it gets the whole crowd going. It's literally a walk-off play, and then, yeah. and then boom, it gets it gets called back. So yeah, horrible, horrible move by the the zebras there. That uh, it sucks to be a Hawkeye fan. Minnesota caught a tremendous, tremendously huge break there. 
All right. Let's talk next week's games, and then we'll talk about the burning topic. Deal? Let's do it. Uh, Florida State at Wake Forest. Florida State probably walks. They're favored by three scores. This one's interesting, though. Number six, Oklahoma travels to Kansas, who's five and two. Kansas has been a weird bright spot in the Big 12 over the last couple of years. Is there any chance Kansas at home on big noon kickoff can upset Oklahoma? Can't, can't rule it out. If you're at home and barely get by Central Florida, there's a chance that Kansas, who's got probably a better offense, um, you know, has a shot here. It's a, they're a 10-point favorite, the over-under 65. Uh, I, I can't rule it out. Five and two Florida at the swamp hosting undefeated Georgia. Georgia on upset alert. They're favored by 14 and a half. Um, I don't know if they're on upset alert, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer than you think because Georgia's has won uh, won some games this year and kind of a kind of an, uh, an above-average fashion, and plus they don't have Brock Bowers anymore, their best offensive weapon. So on the road in the swamp, and see, it's at 3.30. Uh, it's going to be a hostile environment, new quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they don't cover. I just thought of this random question. What power returns to prominence first? The Hurricanes or the Gators? Oh, by prominence, God. let's. I'm going to use prominence by saying they make the playoff first. First person to make the college football playoffs of those two teams. I would probably. Man, that's a good question. I would. I'd make the argument for Miami because they are one of the few schools that are paying for players, and they're getting good size recruits because. They're handing them the bag before they step on campus. But it's not translating in the field. And then Florida, they have a 10-win season, and then they go back to six wins, it seems like, you know. So, And then in the SEC, they're in a tougher conference. Yeah. Man, I'd probably, I'd probably go with uh, Florida just because Miami has just been such a damn disappointment since Greg Olson was catching passes at tight end. So. Yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably, I'm not by a long shot. It's very, this is nip talk, but I'll go with Florida. Number eight, Oregon travels to Utah. Utah seems to be the thorn in everybody's ass. Is Oregon getting upset at the Utes this weekend? This is actually, so the big new kickoff game is Oklahoma at Kansas, but Gus, Jenny, and Clatt will be on the call on this one. So this is the big game of the day on Fox. It's Oregon at Utah. Um, where are you going here? My my gut is saying Utah, but man, uh, man, I got I'm probably gonna I'm slightly I'm just barely Oregon here. Where is cop? Okay, Utah. I was gonna say I have a feeling College Game Day is gonna be here. They are so College Game Day is gonna be in Utah for this one. You know. Oregon's favored. They feel like the better team. Utah doesn't have the quarterback play, but they just smother everybody. This one's going to be close, but I still like Oregon to win by at least a point. I don't know if they cover. It's going to be close. Uh, Duke-Louisville feels like a throw. It is a ranked matchup. Opinions? Um, all I know is that you know Duke's 5-2, two, two, 
they're two and one the conference. Louisville's three one the conference. This is almost like a make or break it season for them to get to uh, the ACC championship. So yeah, uh, yeah it's do or die. Yeah, uh, I probably I probably lean. I kind of like Duke here, but I, if Riley Renner plays, Duke feels like the play. But Louisville at home was obviously even too much for Notre Dame. So right, I'll take right. Louisville, but it wouldn't surprise me if Riley Renner played. He's I mean he definitely is the option. The uh, the difference maker there. USC at Cal. You'd have to imagine they win this game. Washington at Stanford. You'd think they'd win that game. Ohio State at Camp Randall at night. Any chance? No, I, I think Ohio State wins this one. It's I, 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 I had it listed in my season preview when I was doing my uh, my whole Big Ten conference thing. And I think it's been since 2010 since Wisconsin's won at home against Ohio State. So um, I'm pretty confident that, that the Buckeyes are going to win this one. Colorado at UCLA. It's a fun matchup. Don't know that there's a ton of implications. Definitely a quarterback matchup. Um, Dante Moore got hurt the last game. I don't know if he'll be back for this one or not. I'm not sure what his status is. But Colorado needs a win. They were upset. I actually like them to cover the 17. I don't know that they win, but I don't think I think this is a really good game, though. Yeah, I think if Dante Moore plays, I think UCLA wins this one. Um, a little bit more convincingly, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't play, man, this is anyone's game, but it's not going to be a tough, not going to be, or excuse me, not going to be a, an easy one for the, the buffs. And then one more thing before we get into the main topic. Uh, I know someone like you who has been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of throwing shade at College Game Day over the last couple of years, just said it's kind of a dying product. But I know that you've liked the addition of Pat McAfee, and you're like, it's it's a better watch because of it. I don't know if you've seen. He just recently tweeted at some people saying he doesn't know what his future is with College Game Day. He thinks this may be it. Opinions there? Didn't see that, but uh, you did uh, or did not? I did not see that. Um, it's not going to ruin my day. I, I'll always at least watch 10 minutes of college game day. It's just something that as soon as you wake up on a Saturday, you know, you flip the TV on and that's what you, you set it at. Right. Uh, but, you know, I guess it would be a, a, kind of a, a sneaker in a way. I, I, I don't know. I just, I'll, I'll be kind of indifferent, you know, but I, like I said, I'll always turn it on. But um, I think again, he's been, you know, to some people annoying, but I think it's been a, a nice change of pace because it's a, a younger audience now that's watching it uh, more so. And um, because I think that as much as we all love Lee Corso, I think he needs to just be ushered out completely. And then uh, Pat McAfee, and I thought Pollock was, I thought that was kind of shady and shitty that they got rid of him. I thought even though he was an SEC annoying homer, but it was always nice to have another perspective there. But you know, Pam McAfee goes, stays, whatever. It is what it is. I just the the probably the most thing I like about it is him uh, doing the kick thing with the students. Um, yeah, that's, the field. That, that, that's that's a fun an addition. Yeah. All right, it's time. Uh, I don't know how 
in depth we want to go. So Michigan is accused allegedly of sign stealing. And per the initial report that came out last week, there was a member on staff. I don't think we initially knew the name or maybe we did know initially the name right away, but one member on staff was supposedly in-person scouting, which is against the rules. Okay, it being in-person as a staff member at opposing games, future opponents, things like that. That is against the rules. Also is videotaping said things with. Now there's like an underlying thing. It has to be with equipment and stuff like that. But regardless, so this comes out and then there's an additional report that comes out after the fact this came out yesterday. And that report more in, in, in clear basically says that this Connor Stallions, former Marine, who's been on Michigan staff only for about a year or so, had bought tickets to over 30 Big Ten games, uh, 11 different teams he had seen play. Except the only issue that I always had with this was like, well, they have him on the sidelines of all these Michigan games. How is he in two places at once? That's the first thing I brought up. I was like, it is damn near impossible to see a game at noon at Michigan Stadium and to make it to any other game in the Big Ten by 730. Outside of a Michigan State or Columbus or maybe Illinois, like you can't get to State College that quickly. Like it's just it felt impossible. <laughs> well, now I see why it was impossible because he's not the one that actually attended the games. He had other people going to these games. I feel like there's so many different ways we can we can go about this story and, and dissect it. Before we go any farther. Are there any things you want to fill into this story before we kind of give our opinions? No. Uh, well, yeah, just it, it just it's annoying that the just with the whole preseason offseason issues with hamburger game with Jim, Jim Harbaugh, not allowed to say anything. His attorney, Tom Morris, puts on a statement for him. But the NCAA can leak everything. And shape the narrative. The narrative is already, no matter what Michigan, if Michigan comes out of this unscathed and, you know, everyone has got to be like, all right, well, that blew over. The the stain that is going to be, try to, you know, be pushed upon it from the other, it's just not going to stop. And so that that's just the annoying thing is that NCAA can just, Poke and prod and, and do whatever they want. Pete Thamel, you know, uh, an Ohio State talking headpiece is breaking all the news. So it's just uh, it's just put on a silver platter for Buckeye and Spartan fans to just take and run with it. Um, we have to sit back, no matter who your fandom is, and wait, really, and, and look at it from a unbiased viewpoint. And all the evidence. We don't have all the evidence. We're trying to speculate and put pieces together of an untold story. And just like with the Pat Fitzgerald thing, Pat Fitzgerald claimed that he had no knowledge of any of the hazing allegations whatsoever. And when he was suspended, then fired, he then put out a statement for from his viewpoint. And then it seems like from from me personally, after I read his response, it's like 
It's like, man, I don't know who to believe. You know, you got these players saying this has happened. Half the football team, nearly all the team currently put out their response, backing him up. And then you got what? So it's like, who do you believe out of that situation? Then you have the Mel Tucker thing. It's like Brenda Tracy said, oh, this happened. And then Mel Tucker said, no, this is actually what happened. I have receipts. And then it's like, again, who do you believe in that situation? The only thing I say from that Mel Tucker thing is it's like, he kind of, I mean, obviously did to himself, but it's like, that, that is just um, a situation, man, where eh, risque written all over it. It's like, out of all the people that you can be affiliated with, I'm not, I've said it before, it's like, you can't, you can't uh, tell someone who, who they can't be involved with or love or have feelings for, but, you know, Brennan Tracy, like, that, that, getting involved with her in a relationship when you're that high profile of a person, man, that just... Uh, that's just walking a fine line that I don't want to be any a part of. Um, so with this thing, man, it's just it's just knowing that Twitter and Facebook and all these places is just running rampant with theories and speculations and all these cyber sleuths or wannabe cyber sleuths are, you know, doing their own investigating their look at this play. This is the play that, you know, that Connor Stanley's on the sideline waving his hands, whatever, and then Ohio State called timeouts like, yeah, well, Ohio State scored literally on this play. Or they screenshot a, a, a laminate sheet of looks like art, uh, signals, whatever. I'm like, so what? That literally does not prove anything, you know? So the just taking well, a run the, with first control. Off, the, I'm glad you mentioned that video that keeps surfacing. Two main points. A, first off, it shows him on the sideline where he's supposed to be. Yeah. Thanks for proving my point. Yeah. View number two. It is not illegal to steal signs. I think that's getting lost. It is not illegal to steal signs, if you're listening to this. It's illegal to videotape signs, and it's illegal to self-scout in person. If you're on the sideline, you can steal signs. That is allowed. Okay? Is what it is. If I was talented enough watching a football game, I could steal signs watching on TV, okay? The thing is, is like, that video is going around. What do you want him to be doing? And I'll bring somebody else up here in a minute, but let's just say we're not the only ones doing that. But let me back up. I do want to say this. I have experience in this topic (laughs) as a Patriot fan, okay? And... Truthfully, when the whole Spygate thing happened, I was really young, and my football fandom was really starting to kick off. I started watching the Patriots a lot in 2005, a ton in 2006, and then nonstop from 2007 on. In 2007 is when the Spygate thing really got uh, broken up. It was during that undefeated season, and from then on, the Patriots were always kind of like no matter what they did, they are cheaters. They're labeled as cheaters, okay? Well, Jim Harbaugh just had this cheeseburger slash cancer patient recruitment video happen this this past offseason. And immediately after this comes out, they're going, it's going to be, I have a feeling this is going to be handled harshly, deservedly or not. Deflategate in the NFL, everybody remembers that, is normally 
a $10,000 fine. Does anybody remember what Tom Brady had to do? He had to serve four games, and they suspect they they find Robert Kraft a half a million bucks. They find him based off of what they thought the Patriots organization was. Harbaugh already served a three-game suspension for Cheeseburger Gate. What's he gonna What's he gonna serve for this? If they have any, and I mean any evidence that he was with this. But I'm going to go right into this because we differ here. There have been no rules broken per these reports. Zero rules broken. Because the rule is very clear. A paid staff team member attending games. Connor Stallion, to my knowledge, they have no proof that he ever went to games. Matter of fact, they said the opposite. He bought the tickets in his name and distributed these tickets out. And it does sound like it's negligent, not negligent. What's the word I'm looking for? He is purposely cheating. Connor Stallion says he's trying to he's trying to get an edge. And maybe he's aware of the rule. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Is he an overzealous employee that's trying to get a raise? I don't know. But I can tell you this. He technically didn't break a rule. It's extremely gray. As we're talking about this, I just got an update to this story. <laughs> oh, God. Michigan staff Connor Stallions bought tickets for games with the college football contenders. This is what we've been kind of waiting on because it only said the Big Ten. He bought tickets for games at four schools outside of the Big Ten that were either in college football playoffs or playoff contenders. Doesn't As of right now, it does not say the uh, – it does not say which schools, but that literally just broke just now. But anyways, so what was I saying? Oh, it's just, it's a super gray area. Yeah. Is he cheating? I would venture to say he is, but I have a hard time saying that a $50,000 a year employee who technically did not break a rule He's flirting with it. He damn sure flirting with it. Okay. Is a reason to railroad a program that has had success. I, I'm sorry. And I listened to what Matt Rule had to say. I listened to what JJ Watt had to say, RG3, Deion Sanders, Joel Klatt, Colin Cowherd. The only people that seem to have any issue with this were Scarlet in, in gray or green and white. I've yet to hear not one, not one other team say, I have an issue with this. That's true. Not That's true. one of, show me any other example. Bring it to my attention. If you don't wear green and white or Scarlet and gray, show me somebody else that's like, yeah, Michigan's are punks of punks. Even Rutgers came out and said the videotape that's surfacing at halftime, that that one that was immediately pointed to, that was directed at the referees. Yeah. Even they want, they were like, we want no part in this. Somebody's a whistleblower, Ryan Day. Okay. Somebody had brought this to Pete Thamel's attention. Yeah. 
it's definitely it's definitely i mean it was it was a week before the story log got broke on friday <clears throat> was circulating on ohio state message boards so it's mm-hmm. coming from ohio state ryan day has already been on record claiming clemson and georgia did you know georgia was videotaping practices and clemson was stealing uh stealing signals again sign stealing is not illegal the obviously legal, illegal part is attending games of uh future opponents on that schedule now again connor stanley's is on the silence for every michigan home and away game so he is apparently dispatching his quote unquote what was originally reported as bass network uh to these other games um allegedly on the 45 to 50 yard line high up so you can see both sidelines sometimes purchasing tickets for both sides during the same one. So, you know, I speculated that. So was he got one guy at the game and he goes from one half to the other uh, during the different quarters, half the time. I don't know. Um, the problem I have with this is did Jim Harbaugh or somebody on the staff deploy this and have this formula for setting this up or um, is you know, can, can we scrutinize Jim for not having control of his program and letting this thing run wild? That is my issues. And that's what I said on my show. I said, if Jim Harbaugh knew, that means all of his, what he stands for is full of shit. And I will walk away from Michigan football. And I say that honestly, because to me, I'll feel as a fan cheated. I feel like everything that I have built memories on everything that I've rooted for these recent years, really since he's been here, has been full shit because, I don't know, that's just me personally. Now, the questions I have about this whole thing is, again, this guy's making 55000 a year. He's using his personal credit card. If he's trying to hide it, he's doing a damn shitty job of it. Um, and 30 games, I mean... 45 50 yard line it's pretty pricey um especially when you go into what you just said here you know sec title games that is not including travel so is who's who's funding this like unless he's got immaculate credit or if he's got a huge 401k that he built from the marine corps i don't know how is this being funded uh another thing that i thought was really interesting was one of these Big Ten teams bitching and moaning, saying they have same video surveillance of somebody in these seats holding up a phone, videotaping signals. Now, let's just say it's Ohio State, right? They have 107,000 seats. Does not look like a camera is hanging over some, each row's head. You got the wall, like 100 rows up. How can a camera that far away pinpoint where this dude's sitting and out of amongst all these people and literally just be like, oh, for like five minutes and 27 seconds, he had this uh, phone up there, blah, blah, videotaping it. Everyone's got their phones out. I go to Michigan games, I got my phone out. I put it on Snapchat when I'm you know, waiting for a play, hopefully catching a touchdown on, on camera. So to me, those those that thing is just is mind boggling to me um, is how, how stadium surveillance, um, you know, but again, I'm not willing to call everyone cheaters here like Ohio State and, and uh, Spartan fans are. I know, you know, Jared Reddick was, you know, going scum and friends on my Facebook that are Ohio State fans are, you know, chiming in and having their, their uh, lot of due time. But, 
you know, if, if just like with the NFL uh, drug uh, policy, if you drug test every NFL team tonight, everyone had to come into the uh, arena and piss, there would be no league tomorrow. Just like uh, I think with this, everyone is signed stealing again, not illegal, but, you know, we don't know how far this goes for each program. We don't know what go what other teams go through lengths to do. Miami Hurricanes, you know, had a booster that were bringing recruits on, a yacht doing blow and, and, and hanging out with strippers. So, I again, I no one's clean. I'm not, you know, trying to uh, deflect here, but I don't know, man. It's just uh, – it's just let's wait till everything plays out and uh, and see what happens. Apparently, Connor Stallions had a t- two tickets for the Penn State Ohio State game. Obviously, didn't attend, and uh, they weren't used. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. But again, like I said, if Jim Harbaugh knew, um, we're gonna have a big problem. And um, if if it did get into the the highest of severity, you know, what's what's the reasonable punishment here? Because he's got. He's the king of the castle. You know, he's he's supposed to have control of his program. So I, I want to make something clear, and I want to kind of get some clarity of what you said. Um, so if it turns out that Harbaugh was aware that his assistant was exploiting a gray area, buying tickets, and sending non-staff to these games, you have an issue with it. Yeah, because that's against the rules. Scouting teams in person that are on your schedule is illegal. It's against the rules. And Jim Harbaugh, again. Uh, it's against it's against the rules with staff. Correct. But again, if, if he if he's if he is sent, if he's got someone on staff and that staff member is deploying other people to go and do the dirty work for them, I still find that nefarious. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for the most part, I agree. Um, I do think it's a gray area. I think it is a loophole. And I think there are so many loopholes that teams try to exploit until they're caught. Uh, I'll bring up another thing because this this has been getting brought up. Urban Meyer admitted a couple of years back to having a guy on his staff that did nothing but watch Michigan. Yeah. That was his sole job. Yeah. Yeah, to keep, I mean, to keep nonstop tabs on Michigan, and yeah. nobody really called into question what that entailed. You never know. You never know. There's this guy's name that keeps getting brought up on Twitter as of today. His name's Brett Zabisky, but when I look up his bio, he really just got to Ohio State in 2021. So this wasn't Urban's <laughs> guy. I'm not really sure why everybody keeps bringing this guy up. But overall, I, I just I don't really know what to think. But there was a guy that Urban Meyer literally appointed to do nothing but watch Michigan. So I do think that this happens a lot. And I think there's a reason why more coaches haven't come out and basically shamed it. Because they don't want that their credibility called into question. You know? Yeah. I think there's an absolute reason even Ryan Day hasn't spoken up. Okay, I don't think anybody wants ties to this story. Because at the end of the day, I think you'll find, like, Michigan's kind of being railroaded over this. And 
obviously Jim Harbaugh pissed somebody off at the NCAA. But I'm going to need some evidence because even a paper trail isn't going to do it for me. Like, I'm going to need some legit evidence that Jim Harbaugh appointed these dudes. Mm. You know, because, again, stealing signs isn't illegal. It's the process of how you do it. If you're filming them, if you are sending staff and using technology. And by the way, iPhones isn't even included in this technology. It's actually like video cameras and stuff like that. So, like, I'm sorry. Me and you have both sat nosebleed at stadiums before. You ever try filming a sideline with a freaking iPhone? iPhone's got a kick-ass camera. You ain't getting great clarity. I don't This whole thing just seems we're missing. We're missing stuff in this story. That's why I try not to get all looped up. It's just like, as of right now, there's been no rule broken. Okay? It's super gray, and it definitely doesn't seem good. But I brought this up a couple weeks back to you, and you kind of agreed. I wonder if you do now. Would you rather be dog shit and out of the news or champagne problems, buddy, where we're destroying everybody and they got to find something? I, where, where are you at on that? As long as the last page of the book that says the end doesn't have an asterisk next to it, I'm all for it. You know, I just, uh, yeah, I, I just, as long as at the end of the day, it doesn't get taken from, from them from michigan i'm all i'm all about it you know flirting with uh flirting with bad press um it, it uh stresses me out and i'm just an average joe in my basement right now filming a podcast you know and so again as long as uh as long as this team continues to go out there and and do show on the field what they've been doing whatever i think that uh they'll they'll um I'm gonna say ease things or whatever, but it's just um we're 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 essentially we have a FBI CIA document that's half of it's redacted with blacked out lines and sharpie and we're trying to read everything line for line and we just don't have everything. So again, I, my my biggest questions is like how can like who's funding this? Who's going like who's going to these games? who's paying for like the travel, all this stuff. It's, uh, it, it's interesting. You know, Deion Sanders, you know, you know, said that, uh, he's like, you still got to go out and execute in Michigan. You know, they've lost games. They've won games by the, you know, seat of their pants. So it's like, if the, it's not a foolproof system, if, if that's what they're being shamed for, but, um, you know, buying tickets isn't illegal, but I think the, the, the smoking gun here, if there's any would be, um, Stallion's computer, if there's anything communication there, you know, uh, phone calls, text messages, you know, someone found him on Venmo and saw uh, a payment to this one kid that said GA on it. So we're like, oh, it's Georgia, you know. Um, so I don't know. At, um, but again, it's just it's bothering me because we've I've we've waited for so long to be on top of the mountain here. And uh, we're still getting there. We don't got to win the national championship, but it's like we're gonna get all the way there, and uh, and then something like stupid shit like this is gonna is gonna tear us down, and that just uh, that drives me nuts. It, it, again, I think it only tears you down if if hardball is directly involved. 
If Harbaugh's not, in my opinion, nothing happens. I don't think there's any way there's games taken away or vacate, wins are vacated. This doesn't feel like that. Is This feels very like this. You know what this feels like? Somebody's getting fined, and next year there's going to be green dots on every helmet. I, Michigan might just help fix college football. I mean, truthfully, because, you, you know, br- even Brady Quinn, you know, a Notre Dame guy was defending it today and basically saying, like, get some damn green stickers on some helmets. You don't have to worry about this shit. Like, this is old news. Stealing signs is what people do. And Matt Rule said it, too, is like high school, there's headsets in the helmet. Pro, there's headsets in the college. We use signs with rock stars' faces on them. So, um, you know, put a headset in the helmet, you uh, alleviate this problem. And like I said, when we were breaking down Michigan State, I'm just glad they beat them 49 nothing because Kane Hauser was strolling over there again for each call on the sideline, and Michigan still dominated their asses anyways. So um, I'm glad that that monkey was never on their back um, for that. But, um, but yeah, man, I just – again, I just – I'm – I don't want this. I don't want the last three years to to be uh, not real. That's just what I'm worried about. Yeah. Well, um, Michigan's on a bye next week. After that, there's a Big Ten uh, title match rematch. Michigan against Purdue. Another night game. Uh, Michigan's been playing a lot at night. A lot of primetime ratings. And then after that, me and you will be heading to uh, Happy Valley. So, uh Lots of season left. Goals haven't been completely reached, but this team is uh, seven and zero, and or eight and zero. Yeah, they're eight and zero. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. So, anything else? Nope. La- uh, literally got the month of November, and then uh, we're, hopefully we're going to be talking Indianapolis. But you know, th- this week, you know, we we obviously had that update about you know an hour ago from Pete Thamel about you know getting tickets to out of big 10 conference games. It's just going to be, uh, you know, what happens by Friday, because apparently there's the, you know, supposed to be some more updates as we go along. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Someone in the NCAA hates Jim Harbaugh. That is 100% somebody. And um, another, another, person that obviously has got a problem is Ryan Day, um, another Big Ten school, which we still don't know yet. And uh, my other suspicion is that it's kind of is probably James Franklin. It's someone who's uh, who's a little bit salty. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, like I said, somebody wants to find me somebody outside of Scarlet and Gray or Green and White that gives a shit about this story. Send it my way. So, or Reese Davis, because fuck that guy, too. So, (laughs) all right, we're out. Go blue. Go blue.